This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So... The only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via our participating restaurants, 18 plus reward registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. New Year, everybody. Welcome to the first ever Bristol City podcast episode of 2023. Uh, I'm delighted to say that on this first day of the new year, I'm joined by uh, Ian and Mark, who uh, has finally got into the studio. And we're in a reasonably positive mood because the final score at the CBS Arena this afternoon, a second successive draw away from home because it finished Coventry City 1 Bristol City won. So a point on the road, that's five points, point a game since the uh, resumption of football after the World Cup, as I normally do in these situations. Uh, 30 seconds without going into too much detail, but just overall thoughts on the game. I'll start with you, Mark. Um, And Happy New Year to you all. Uh, a slow start uh, from Sissy, where they conceded conceded a sloppy goal by not tracking the runner. But uh, for the rest of the the, fir- the first half, they City were, were really good. Forced ten corners and got a deserved equaliser. Defence played outstandingly today. The shout out uh, the shout out Victor Giocares, one one of the one of the division's best centre forwards, and Zach Viner had an outstanding game. Second half fell off. We couldn't keep the ball. We weren't able to get the wing backs into the game, unfortunately. But a draw is a good result and a, hopefully a stepping stone. Just need to win those home games now. Right, any games, uh, Ian? Your thoughts on the game in summary? Uh, a point. Second point of the week, second away game of the week against two sides with a really good home record. Uh, good, but unfortunately no cigar and we need wins and we need to start scoring goals again. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's true. I'll stick with, uh, stick with you, Ian. I mean, the uh, starting uh, lineup, no real surprises there that uh, he brought back... Uh, Naki Naki Wells, or was it so many? I don't know. But Tommy Conway was rested, wasn't he? Yeah, but there was no real surprise in the lineup, was there? No, not really. It was very very predictable after the performance at Millwall. When you heard what he said about Naki Wells after the Millwall game, you knew he was nailed on. He brought Naki Wells in for Tommy Conway That's it, yeah. and gave Tommy a rest. Which you know, with the forwards that we've got, and it now looks like Chris Martin's completely out of the picture. Um, I've got no problem with him doing that. Uh, but when we get on to t- discussing strengthening in January, I've got I've got some ideas on that, whether we do or don't uh, sell a forward. OK, that's interesting. Um, St- um, Mark, uh, the, the, the City lineup was predictable, but it was a little bit of an old boys reunion, wasn't it? Because there was uh, KP45, Casey Palmer, who was like the proverbial uh, fizz bottle. You know, he was all action, but then uh, faded dramatically. But also out there, 
for uh, Coventry was a Todd Kane, who played five games on loan for us in the 14-15 season. Simon Moore, on loan goalkeeper. I don't know that was whether that was in 14-15 or 13-14. And then Liam Kelly, who played 21 games for us uh, in that 13-14 uh, season. But I guess all eyes were on Gokarez, weren't they, really? And uh, and seeing what he could do. But, um, you know, he's, he's fashioned a half-decent side there, Mark Robbins, on limited resources. Yeah, you know, and he'd done very well. I mean, it's his second spell at the club and he he brought them up from League Two to begin with. The club was on its knees and uh, I think they're going through a change of ownership and it couldn't be a moment too soon from Sisu, who just seemed, you know, to run the club into the ground, really. Um, you know, moving in and, in and out of the stadium and, and worryingly with Mike Ashley taking over a couple of weeks ago, they looked like they were getting an eviction notice, but they, uh, I think they've now sorted that out. But they yeah. like to play the ball around Coventry, but, if, uh, you know, they, they they were trying to play the ball out from the back in the first half and we were catching them on several occasions and uh, were, un, were unfortunate not to score from from some of them. Uh, I think their keeper, Wilson, you know, was, and even in the second half where he came racing out from his goal, he was lucky to win a free kick um, yeah. when Vyman no, got got nowhere near him, really. So, yeah, they, they but they just looked a little bit lightweight, which tended to rely too much on Victor Giocares. I thought Hamer faded. Casey Palmer, like you said, he started the game really strongly, but then faded right out. Uh, started well at the start of both halves, really, but then he was kept quiet once we we decided to defend as a unit, and that's what I mean. They were the they were games. up there for a bit, Coventry, you know, But then uh, there's a, a statistic I read from somebody else. He said they won all their matches in November. November, that yeah, wasn't that many. That wasn't that many. But they've with the draw with us today. That's only one win in uh, six. Let's get into the action then. Uh, Ian, slow start by City and uh, Palmer got the better of uh, Matty James uh, as early as the second minute. And Waghorn, yeah, he bought a good uh, save from uh, Max. And I've got a note here that you know, overall Coventry started really well, didn't they? And that's been a feature of the last two games, you know, where, you know, we, we, we have given ourselves, we've not come out sort of chomping at the bit from the start, have we? No, we were we didn't start firing in either half. And the difference was in the second half, we didn't really ever get going. Um, we dominated the next 35 minutes of the half, but it was no surprise. Well, Max having pulled off that save, and he, he almost saved the goal. And had um, George Tanner been a better defender, uh, that save from Max may have well been cleared, but their lad more or less hit him in the face, didn't it, and went over the line. So um, I'd, I'd be prepared to give them that one. But... Um, yeah, I mean, we, we, we didn't start well. We were sloppy. We were giving the ball away. We were going long far too much. And, and we did that, in fairness, we did that in the second half as well. Um, and and I, I just don't think... If you're going to play with wing-backs, you need to get your wing-backs high up the field. And the only way you do that is by dominating midfield. And we don't. And that's the... Well, that's why the don't we, when we've got... Why don't we dominate when we've got a midfielder, a youngster... Who's so so? I thought I had another indifferent game. To be honest, some really sloppy well, some passes. Of his, yeah, some I of mean, his passing in the in the second half was awful. absolutely woeful. Awful. Um, so you've and, only and, got him. You've got him. You've got him and a rather leaden-footed Matty James. Yeah, and then you've got Vime. You know, because it's not really a three in the middle there, is it? No, way it's not. It, it's two two plus a ten, and. You know, one of the I, I said to you, one of the ideas I've got, I had some different thinking on signing in January. I think we need two central midfield players because I don't think well, any interesting. Of Dave Newston has literally just said that he said we need a central defensive midfielder so we can dominate the midfield. No, and we I need two. Say, well, not, we need not, two. Not right. see, not a, we do. We do need a defensive midfield player, but we also need somebody like a Tinian who's not going to waste the ball because we give the damn ball away too much. And you but can that's understand. what Alex Scott, but Alex Scott Hang on, let me finish. creative. Yeah, let me, just let me finish, Dave. Um, the, the, if you're going to play with wing-backs, they need to have the confidence that they can get high up the pitch, like Cam Pring was when he, he uh, you wouldn't call it an assist, but he, he, he had a hand in the first, in our goal, right? Mm. You, you need them 
to have confidence to go into those areas without thinking, hang on a minute, I'm going to go out, I'm going to go roaring forward, I'm not going to get the ball, and then there's going to be a whacking great gap that their forwards are going to be running into. And I thought Goikra showed today what a forward, that's the sort of forward we need. I'm not suggesting we could buy him, we couldn't. But I'm talking about a guy that holds the ball up and and, and attracts, some weight, you know, the midfield can then catch up with him. With us, the ball bounces off our front players too much and our midfield players aren't up with the ball. And that's why we don't dominate the midfield. And although I'll give them their due, they did well for 30 minutes at the end of the second half. Yeah. Yeah, Mark, um, the goal from your perspective, I mean, we, we've been warned, even Nigel had said in his uh, sort of, what can we expect of Coventry, that they can play well. And Gawker is was really the um, provider there, wasn't he, you know, for, uh, for, for for what transpired. And shame for Max, he didn't keep it out, wasn't it? Yeah, we we just didn't track um, uh, Gustavo Hamer. Uh, Gjorkeres played it to Hamer, but uh, sorry, Hamer played it Gjorkeres and flicks it round the corner, and then he just ran ran into the box and, and and crossed it. And yeah, it was a great great attempt by Max, but he could only push it onto uh, Luke Bid, uh, Bidwell's head, and it, then it was just scrambled over the line. Just one just one of those things, unfortunately, and. Really, they—I mean—they'd had the—they—they ch- they had the chance early on with with Waghorn, and uh, it certainly went against a run of play. No. But they're they're on after things did improve. Well, they did. I mean, we score. I'm going to talk about corners uh, separately uh, anyway, because we got what was it either we're well into double figures. But um, I mean, our first chance came from—I uh, think it was the first corner when uh, Wells, uh, the header. Of his, it was instinctive, really, wasn't it, Mark? You know, he was stood on the goal line, and if he'd have twitched his head in the manner that Terry Bush used to, those people who are old enough to remember Terry Bush, yeah, it would have uh, Fenai pissed in the net, as people used to say at the time. Well, the, well, the ball was flicked on well by by Vyman, uh, and I think the pro- problem was it, it took him by surprise. So he was going backwards when he when he took the foot the pace of the ball. And mm. uh, and he didn't get he couldn't direct the ball at all, so he pushed it wide of the post to the left. Unfortunately, so if he if he'd been behind the ball and able to just just push it, it would have it would have flown in. So just yeah. one of those things. But then uh, you know we 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 managed to force another nine corners after that. I know. A varying I know. success. Tanner did well just after that as well, didn't he? Uh, set up by Wells, left foot shot which uh, went just wide. Yeah, and he sort of growing into the game, but he still looks a little bit not aggressive enough to me. Would you agree with that, Mark? Yeah, I, I think unlike uh, Cam Pring, he's not looking to push the ball past his man. I think mm. he needs needs assistance. You know, you see Vyman dropping away on the right and play the ball around the corner. He won't try and beat the man on the outside or on the inside, you know, the likes of players like Mark Little used to do. He used to go straight for the fullback on the inside, and you know, you don't see many, you don't see many players attempt that. They normally tend to go go the safe route. But yeah, yeah. he's a little bit, little bit tentative. Uh, it, it, you know, def- he's, he's been more defensive, uh, I think, in the last few games. But yeah, and he looks, he, you know, he's 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 a bit of a will of the wisp player. You know, he's about probably about the same body weight yeah. as uh, as uh, Mark Sykes. But yeah, I like the bit of see him try and take on defend, take on defenders at least try uh, and get some crosses. Just be a in. bit more physical in your face because yeah, the guy exactly. who was commentating with uh, uh, was it with Toby today. You know, he, he, I don't know the guy's name now, but it was it Chalice? But he yeah. was saying he just needs to be. We need to be. Well, they said that about Casey Palmer because he was seeing far too much of the ball. Um, Ian, Cal Naismith has sort of slotted back in and just prior to our goal, and I'll let you talk about the goal uh, as well, but just prior to our goal, he did a wonderful tackle on Martin Waghorn who was bursting uh, through the middle. Yeah, took it right off his toes fairly and then gave it away like so much of City's plays unforced errors but is that something we just have to live with with Cal Naismith that he'll do something great and then cock it up within seconds yes is the answer to your question he's that is what he's like um and uh, he did it on two or three occasions today and I remember both times the tackles were absolutely excellent great piece of defending and then he tries to play a five-yard pass and flicks it to one of their players Hmm. so I, I don't think 
you'd be able to take that out of his game. So we just have to live with that, which fair yeah. enough. You know, we're not going to complain yeah. about that as long as he doesn't do what he did in a few matches at the start of the season, notably uh, Norwich well, away. Will. We, no, yeah, the point, he will. Dave, the, point, he will. the point I'm making is he will. And you yeah. can't stop him from doing it. I don't think you can coach that out of him because it's instinctive. It's yeah. like being able to pass a ball really well with his left foot sometimes, but some of his set pieces, I mean, some of our corners today, I would say 75% were rank. I said, since we're talking about corners, I said that. I said, I think I tweeted 50, 50% of them were rank, but I think your 75 is closer because we had so many, yeah, yeah. and we didn't really pose uh, a threat from them in a meaningful way. Our delivery is is just terrible most of the time. Oh, okay. People will point to, oh, well, what, what about the one that Scotty did against Preston when Atkinson scored? Yeah, that's that's three one. months ago. <laughs> that's three months ago, and and that's yeah. one amongst about thirty that are that they don't seem to be able to get the ball in with either the right fizz and the right height at at the same time. It yeah. either seems to be fizzed in about knee height, which is easy for the first defender to yeah. kick away or head away. Or we went through a phase of, I can't remember which game it was, I think it might have been West Brom, where we were just lolloping it, Naismith was, to the back post, yeah. to nobody. Because we haven't so, got, yeah. I, I, I just, we haven't got a really good set piece taker. I thought at one time it might be Scott, it's not. Then I thought, well, Matty James, he's the same, you know, one one good one in ten. Um, and Cal Naismith, I'm afraid, yeah, all right, Cal Naismith might be two or three good set pieces in a dozen. But it's just not good not. enough, though, Ian. It's just not good no, enough. No, it's, it's not. It's Let's not. talk it's about when they, it's when, they can, it's when they can't beat the first man. It, it does look Well, that's pathetic. pathetic. I think even I The ball seems to arrive at knee height at the front post, and you're thinking... Yeah. What are you doing? And then, like I said, we'll, we'll probably come to this right at the end of the first half when we have the chance to get the ball into the box. The final seconds are ticking down, and what we do, play a short corner. Yeah, I, Mark, absolutely right. I mean, I know that's we're going to talk about the goal, but you're absolutely right. We had that chance, right? Well, not the chance. We had the chance to finish the first half on a high, and then, as you say, do a short corner, and it chance is gone. I'll stick with you, if I may, Ian, on the uh, on the goal, and I'll let Mark uh, speak on the goal as well afterwards, but. Uh, Cam Pring, he seems as though he's on his game. He had two attempts at getting the ball into the box, yeah, touched on by Wells to Scott, and uh, there was Antoine you've with his... Uh, you've, you've just described the whole thing. Ian, shut up. I'm talking about the goal, yeah? I'm talking about it, yeah? Yeah. And I'm just and going you to say... say to me, will you describe it? Not describe the goal, right? Talk about the goal, right? Semenyo's fourth, if you let me finish, right? <laughs> right? If you let me finish, Semenyo's fourth. It was a good strike from him. And how do you think he played overall? I thought Antoine had, had one of his stronger games and it's good to see him last 90 minutes because he's had a lot of issues with his fitness. He's missed two full pre-seasons with injuries. Then he disappeared to have some warm weather training, as it turned out, because I think he only played about 35 minutes in, if you put all of the three games that Ghana played together. So, um, I, I um, but, the, but the, the funniest part of the, the goal for me was uh, Alex Scott got, got an assist with his crotch. Because <laughs> when the commentary player tried to um, get rid of the ball, he, he kicked it into... <laughs> He kicked it into Scotty's crotch and it dropped down onto Antoine's foot. So, I mean, otherwise, it's a good job he scored. Otherwise, that would have really added insult to injury. But, yeah, yeah I mean, good to, good to see the kid get a goal. And he's, he's starting to look strong and he's starting to do to defenders what at the start of the game. And then at the start of the second half, Coventry's attackers were doing to ours, where players like Zach and Cal Naismith were getting too tight and they were getting turned and there was no Lord. cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's what Antoine does brilliantly. But most sides are clever with him that they have the player that's trying to get the ball and they have, if he turns, they have a player coming on to the turn. We didn't in in, in the second half. But, um, you know, and like somebody's just said, it was a better performance in Coventry yeah. away last season when we scored two goals and, and we actually got a penalty. 
Yeah, 481 days that is, apparently. But there we go. Uh, 421, Mark, yeah. 420. Somebody said 480. Yeah, it was on I the thought, commentary. Yeah, the website out. thing, the website thing said 417 about four days ago. So, yeah, yeah. 421. It did seem yeah. as it jumped. Yeah, it was, only no- it was only November last year. <laughs> yeah. Good finish, um, Mark, from Semenyo. He hit it cleanly. You know, I said that probably put another million quid on his price tag. Yeah. He didn't, yeah, yeah. He didn't he shed it to- or anything like that, did he? No, he he steered it round uh, the defenders, and the the goalkeeper was stood up, and he couldn't see it. It was right; it was in the back of the net when it when it left his foot. But yeah, he had an okay game. I think Antoine's a, a real confidence player, and he's he seemed to completely lose his confidence uh, since the early part of the season. Touch has been poor, uh, shooting's been wayward. I think you know the piece that you know that old thing about playing in the right notes in the right order. I think it's it's getting there. Uh, you know the old Morecambe and Wise thing. I think we're we're getting there with with Semenyo. I think he, he got well. He got he had a chance across early in the second half and probably should have done it earlier. And then we'll get onto the chance for 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 Vyman later. But he had an okay, an okay game. It's just that the ball wasn't sticking in the second half yeah. up front, and we didn't have a have a midfield. I mean, going back to Alex Scott, I think if somebody could win the ball, he could be more effective further up the pitch. But we just don't seem to win, turn the ball well, over in the middle and free him to link the play. I just wonder. Yeah, I know Ian doesn't think he's good in attempt. Anyway, we'll talk about structure of the team in a moment. And just to finish on the first half, uh, Mark, sticking with you, one of our decent corners uh, did eventually find his way to Pring. And there was uh, their star striker, Gocker is. Heading one off the line. It was Cam Pring who got on the end of it, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. He was falling as he volleyed it, and he was pulled down. It should have been a penalty, but we we don't get penalties. We don't. No, What's a penalty? No VA. There's no VAR in the Championship. You see, I mean, our players do it. They wrestle. They wrestle players. You know, they they pull players' shirts, and so unless you've got a referee uh, who actually talks to his assistant, uh, then you're not going to get anything. So no. there you go. I thought referee Jeremy Simpson today had a half-decent game because he did try to let it uh, flow at every available opportunity. Uh, Ian, that effort from uh, Cam Pring, you know, when we saw it, you could see he was being impeded. But as Mark's just said, no VAR. You're not going to get anything like that, are you? No, you're not. And and if referees gave a penalty every time there was some holding or some pulling, you'd probably have three or four a game for a few months and then players would actually calm down and stop doing it and, and... it would be a better game of football. Uh, but yeah. until you have VAR, you don't spot things like that. The referee might have been unsighted. Anything could have happened. But Cam was unlucky because he caught that ball beautifully. And, and Goyker is, I mean, that's the value of having a player that has the intelligence to drop back on the line, isn't it? Yeah, no, that's true. Very true. Into the second half and... Uh... <laughs> You know, we we weren't sort of, it wasn't particularly inspiring, but, you know, we held out. But I've got here Palmer set up Waghorn, who put the ball wide, and that was one of their few chances in the half. And then Palmer was taken off just on the hour. Ian, Martin Waghorn, he, to me, is a bit like a Chris Martin-type player who's played a lot at the higher level. I checked his age. He's about a year younger than uh, Chris Martin. But do you see them as quite similar players and you know if he was a year younger than he is now yeah that type of player is one that if he was out of contract you could see us signing him but your thoughts on Waghorn and whether we still need that type of uh, player up front I think we need a Goikris type player up front we don't need uh, Waghorn because I think Chris Martin's a better player than Waghorn you do that's interesting I do yeah I mean whether and certainly Chris Martin when he was Martin Waghorn's age, I think, was a a, a, a better player. But it, it looks like Chris is, um, I don't know if, he, if he's under the bus with the likes of um, Tim Closer and Masengo, uh, or whether he's, a move's been arranged and he'll be, I would guess, dropping down a league. Uh, it, it, and that's why I say, it, if a striker moves on in January, whether it's Semenyo for money, which I doubt, uh, or whether it's Chris Martin uh, in a uh, some kind of free deal or a loan to a League One club, then we need to bring somebody in. But yeah. I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't want if we sign Waghorn in January I'd, I'd be Back really act off. 
Yeah, backward yeah. step. Okay, second half, um, Semenya had a shot save set up by uh, Scott. We had uh, Wells. Well, let's talk uh, you, Mark, on the uh, Wells to Semenyo, the cross, and Andy Vyman handballed it in. I mean, we should have done better with that, really, shouldn't we, do you think? I think it was a good defensive stop by Callum Doyle, uh, the Coventry uh, defender. So he basically, I mean, he, he basically blocks Vyman right in. He was stuck, basically stuck on the goal line and, c- and couldn't get to the ball. So he flicked out his hand and tried to push it over the line and promptly got booked. Usually uh, Andy argues uh, with the referee, you know, over everything, over his own reflection and gets booked. But this mm. time it was actually for a deliberate handball. So it was good. Def- I think it was good defending. Whether Vyman should have gone, it got in front of the defender. Uh, I, I, I don't know. But that was our best, our best chance of the half, I think. Yeah, uh, and, and and we didn't have it. Didn't even count as a shot because I checked the uh, the BBC stats and they they were unmoved from half time. Nine <laughs> shots with two up with only two on target. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, what? Did, how did you see that one, uh, Ian? It would have been nice if he'd have got his head to it rather than uh, rather than his hand. It was stupid booking, really, wasn't it? Was it was a goal? I think you may have made this point uh, that last season that had been a goal. It would have yeah. hit something. He was the wrong side of the of the covering defender. He mm. needed to get that covering defender's right instead of being behind him. So that was the difference between this season and last. Last season, he'd have got in front of that covering defender and the ball would have been in the net before the defender had a chance to clear it. Yeah. And we'd have won. We'd have won the game. I mean, if you look at Gokhalin's header off the line... And then that one, you know, if we'd have won that 2-1, you know, everybody would have been uh, very happy. Um, they made a few substitutions. I've got here 74 minutes, in fact, just before the Vyman handball incident. Gocker is put across. Sheaf, was it, did he get robbed by Tanner? Is that right? And Mark or Ian, can you remember that chance? But then... Um, yeah, Tanner made a great last dash uh, ditch tackle from uh, from his from his cross. I think he rolled one back. Then it was uh, there was a shot, and he made a he made a great made a great tackle uh, block. So, yeah, there was a there was a few of those, and they were sitting on top of us for about ten minutes. But we defended well. And one thing that stuck for me today, uh, Max O'Leary, his handling was very good. Positional play, uh, brave. Put... you know, very unruffled. No punches yeah. at all. Yeah, no, no, he was good with his with his hands there. We had a bit of a scare, uh, Ian, with three minutes to go. Matty James fouled Sheaf on the edge of the box, and you're thinking, here we go, you know, we're going to concede a last minute uh, winner. But you know, we saw out the game, saw out the game well, really, didn't we? Yeah, there were no escapes. Only three minutes of time added on, so they're obviously not copying the World Cup uh, refereeing of. Uh, adding a lot more on than that. But um, if, if, if we'd have had a free kick in that situation, we, you'd have been disappointed with how uh, that was executed by them, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, I thought our free kick at the end, Nick, Sammy Conway won very well, was 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 poor again. Yeah. Mm. We, we don't seem to have any imagination with, with, with our free kicks. It, it's just the same thing and it's so predictable. It must be easy to defend against. Yeah. And I think if you if you went if you just saw the second half, you would have thought Swansea would have won it. Conversely, or Coventry. if you just seen the first yeah, Coventry. Coventry would have won it, sorry. If you if you just conversely, if you'd have seen the first half, you'd have thought we would have, should have won the game. But it yeah. was it was a lack of quality on crosses. Um you know, daft free kicks conceded. Um and, but I thought overall our defence was un, un, under a lot more pressure in open play than theirs. So I'd agree with that. I, I'd I, agree I, with I that. Don't think I'm, I'm not seeing enough um I mean it's it's great that all the lads are, are happy and they're playing together and they, they, that's lovely. But we need to start winning games of football. And at the moment we don't look like winning games of football. Even no. when we, we play I mean, if you take games like the game against Watford and the game against uh, Sheffield United Sheffield. at home, we played both. We played well both games. We should have won both games. We picked up one point out of six. Yeah. And currently, that's the problem we've got. We've stopped scoring goals. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, what have we picked up? We've picked up five points out of 15, haven't we? Yeah, so the stats stats don't lie at the end of the day. Here's one for you, Mark. Yeah, yeah. I should have asked you this before we went live, but they brought on a player called Tavares. And if somebody can think of a Tavares hit from the Heaven 70s... Heaven must be missing an angel. There you go. Right, if I can, I'll download that as our piece of music. Thanks, Alan Payne. You really <laughs> likes the music that we play ahead of the uh, recorded versions. I've been saving up some questions on here. Dave uh, Newston, uh, I'll ask you this one, Ian. Dave Newston says, uh, I think Tanner is more of a defensive right-back than a right wing-back, so he'd play in a four rather than as he's playing at the moment. Would you agree with that, Ian? Yeah, I'd agree 100%. Yeah, and then, uh, and then Mark Small has said, despite all these signings, simple fact is... We haven't ever replaced Pac Smith or Freeman, that combo. Yeah, I guess you're probably going to agree with that as well, although it's a different level of uh, a different level of football. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the conversation started when I mentioned how high um we had to get up. Um you, you need to get your wing backs high up the pitch. And under Steve Cottrell, uh when we won the double, we did. We had Joe Bryan and Mark Little, and they were a lot of the time a lot further forward than Aaron Wilbraham. Um, uh, but you you need a midfield that dominates the ball, and and our midfield doesn't. There was too many gaps. It was too easy. I mean, look at the the chances that Casey Palmer he was allowed to get on the ball in acres of space and pass it, yeah. and Scott and um, James didn't stop it, and Andy Vyman at the moment I I don't know some some good, some bad, some terrible. So I, I don't know. I, the moment, well, I we know what Chris Honor. Yeah, Chris, Chris Honor has got his view of uh, Andy, and I didn't speak to Chris today. I don't think he was watching uh, the game. Uh, but and Andy frustrates me. Andy Weiman, the last season, happy days. But this season, you know, there was a couple of misplaced passes. But then I guess at this level, they all do it. And if he wasn't doing it, he wouldn't play for us. Mark, um, that combo on their day, not now because they're that much older, but. If you took Pack, Freeman, and Corey Smith on their day, they are better. That is a midfield combo that it, you could argue that it got us up, but then it was struggling. But that's got more about it than what we got in midfield at the moment. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah, and I think that I mean the side that came up, and we could score from anywhere on the pitch. I mean, you look at that championship winning season. Aidan Flint scored fifteen goals from mm. open play, which is absolutely ridiculous for a defender. Didn't never didn't take any penalties, but we could score from anywhere. And we had those weapons at it, wing wing back. Uh, we had we had great we had great forwards. We we had strength in depth. You know, with the likes of Jay Emmanuel Thomas. Second half of the season, mm. spent most of it on the bench. We had experience in the first half of the season with the likes of Wade. Elliot, he was great that season, you know, superb, superb signing. And, you know, it was a pity that he couldn't, you know, age probably caught up with him and, and perhaps, you know, step make a difference in the championship. But the fact we could score from all over the pitch, but yeah, you need a, a, a functioning midfield. I mean, today we could have, we could maybe have brought on Joe Williams to, you know, to, 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 to um, uh, sew things up there and perhaps win the ball. We could have brought on Mark Sykes if we wanted to be brave uh, and take, you know, and, tr- and try and uh, get those crosses in. But I think generally, I mean, our crossings, when we do get in the positions, our crossing was quite poor and it has been yeah. for a while. And the fact that we just didn't get into those positions in the second half because we were so poor with the ball, I think is a, uh, you know, is a point of contention. The, the the statistic we don't want to talk about at the moment, despite those two good points, is we've won three games in 18. Now, Notting- Nottingham Forest finished 17th two seasons ago. Uh, they only won 12 games, but they drew 16. It's not a chance that you want to take, but <laughs> you know you could you can get by with 52 points if you only win 12 games, but you won't want to take that chance. And and City's goals have just dropped off a cliff. You yeah. know, 16 goals in the opening eight games. Well, we got to win. We got to win six. Out, we've got to win six out of 20. Yeah, that's what we got to win. Um, interesting, Marlon Pack. I don't know if anybody saw he got a cracking free kick at the weekend, and it just shows how fortunes tra- change in football because he got sent off for a second yellow today at home against Dean Olden's Charlton side. And good for Dean that he got his uh, first uh, win uh, in charge of uh, the Addicts, as I think they're uh, as I think they're known. Okay, Ian. Um, 
pressure's off, Nigel, now, really, isn't it? Yeah, because we got two weeks of the transfer window. It's a free hit next Saturday against Swansea in the Cup. As Chris would say, you want to win Cup games. But pressure that was building, and it was manifested by the fans rather than anybody uh, in authority. But uh, pressure off for you? Probably no. not. No, absolutely not. I think pressure won't be off until we win games of football. That's the only thing uh, that can save him. Um, so, no. As somebody said on here, we, we've got 11 points from the last 12 games. Carry on like that, and we'll end up with 49 points. And I don't think 49 points would be good enough to not keep us season. up. No, nope, not this no. season. So, so no, uh, we, we've got to win games of football. And, I, and I, I'm fed up with hearing all the talk about how the lads are together and they're all happy and they're all up for it. Well, they damn well should be. They're getting paid a fortune to do what yeah. most of us would do for nothing if we were good enough. Um, well, I do, I'll tell you what, I think all three of us, I have to say, all three of us with a little bit extra fitness, and I know I could, we could hit a better ball into the box than, as you said, in 75% of those corners today. And I actually tweeted it. Piss poor delivery. Absolutely piss poor. Well, we've made, um, that, we've made that point already. Whether any of us could do better, I doubt it severely. I mean, perhaps... You know, forty years ago, I might be able to do it better, but uh, and, but not anything like. I don't know. Well, maybe we should get out on a pitch one day. You mean? No, maybe we, just... maybe we maybe we shouldn't, Dave. I don't want to be taking taking you up the BRI after you've had a heart attack, and then somebody says, "Well, what what was he doing?" Well, he's, we were I'm out gl- having a game of football. I'm what? glad you said. I'm glad you said you'd take me out of BRI because if I was having an ambulance, it would take about a bloody two days. Oh, my my aunt, my aunt had to wait thirty three hours for one. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, yeah. Goodness me, that's bad. Tomo said on here, force signing centre back as Callis will be injured again if he comes back or sold. Two midfield players, one creative, one a bite in tackler, and potentially yeah. a target man for Wells and Conway. Yeah, I think you'd agree with that. Ian, yeah, I, you? I agree hundred percent. That's the players that, that I said. So if you if if you went uh, back in the past, if you said, well, perhaps somebody uh, in midfield like uh, I think I said the other week, we've got the players at the club. The only problem is they're about twenty to thirty years too old. So we'll have Brian Tinian and Khalifa Cisse in the centre of midfield. Those two are do. Um, yeah. A really good uh, right-sided centre back, so Gary Collier, he'd be all right for that, wouldn't he? And then, then we need we need a nine, really. So it would have to Paul be che- yeah, Paul Cheesley, yeah. who, who who was a nine, but who could also score goals. Whereas Robbie Turner was a nine, and he could score some goals, but he was absolutely brilliant at defending set pieces because everybody was absolutely terrified he was going to maim them if they went for it. He was a player. So he... those are the kind of players we haven't got. And, you know, I think if, if Chris Martin moves on, uh, then because it, it's OK saying, well, you know, we need a right-sided centre-back. I mean, at the moment, we got two. And Closer can't get in anywhere near the team. No. And and Thomas Callas, we really, I mean, they've almost stopped asking about him at press conferences now. Not Last I heard from Nigel Pearson... He said we hope to have him. We're not going to rush him, right? Okay. Well, he hadn't played really. He hadn't played since March properly, um, but it, it, he'll be back in, the, in in after Christmas. But oh no, it's ten months now, isn't it? It is ten be, months. He's going to be back in the new year. Yeah, but the new year is twelve months long. When? Um, yeah. So I, I I don't know. I hope he comes back because I think fitting on form. He's he's better than anything we've got fitting on for him. But yeah. what do you think about that? Fit, it's a, if he isn't fit, then the argument it's a pyrrhic argument, isn't it? I know, Mark. You know, do you think we'll ever see Callas pull on a city shirt again? I mean, he's gonna. We we there was all the hoo ha about Famara walking out the door for nothing. Uh, and yeah. Interestingly, somebody said Cardiff they had about thirty million quid's worth of players walk out the door. So we're not alone in having assets there. But Callas, big disappointment and a big, well, just big conundrum that he's just not been fit because he's been going on and on and on. It's not like he broke a leg or anything like that, is it? No, it's, I mean, it's, it's annoying. But I've, I think we should give, give up just thinking about, thinking about him, really, because he hasn't been in, in contention uh, at all this season, bar coming on 
uh, I can't even remember who he came on against now and then promptly got himself com- promptly got himself injured again. So uh, was it against? I think he came on against Millwall, Millwall, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, Millwall yeah. Because he went up for the ball. It was him, and he got, uh, yeah, he got in front. He got in front of Max, and Max was ten yards off his line, and the guy just rolled it in the and back. On current net, form, you know, Max is the first name on the team sheet in terms of the defensive department of uh, the yeah. side here. Um, yeah, the other thing is, I mean, we Kane Wilson. I think he's expected to come back either at the end of uh, this month or maybe the beginning of February. So that's another player, although he hasn't really lived up to expectations as a player whose who's game was on the rise after coming up from League Two. With with Forest Green, but that's another. It's another player in 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 the reckoning. But can we? We've got a free up. We have to, the only way we're going to get going to get any signings is to, is to is to sell players or loan players out and, and uh, other yeah. clubs. I mean, Tom, uh, no, is it yeah. Tom, Alan Payne. Alan Payne said here, please don't expect us to recruit players who will significantly improve us, as Dave Rennie said in that interview we did with him last month. In his day, City could only afford to bring in players who would work hard and fit into the team and I guess you could argue that the manager has been trying to get players to fit into his particular formation hence trying various people at right wing back for ever and a day um Ian you know the 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 window's now open we got we've really got a do you think Nigel's Nigel's going to eat some humble pie and enter the loan market and do you think any one of our stars will go to create some activity that improves on what we've got rather than oh, okay that's another signing you know what do you think i'm i'm about 80 20 against one of our stars going um because when when you you talk about them semenyo if there is interest in championship strikers but there's a lot of noise around stewart it's sunderland and goiker is both nines uh, both score goals and uh, they're both being talked of in a different light to Antoine. Uh, and also, it really the real bad news for Sunderland, if they sell Stewart, is that the lad Sims has been recalled by Everton. Recalled by Everton, yeah. So, you know, when you lose your, your, your two central strikers, I know they don't, they don't always play. And I mean, Stewart was injured for about three months, I think. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah. He, you know, that he, they both look players against it when they beat us. So, um, and you can see where Sunderland are now in the new by in the league. By the way, with no parachute money, um, but we we spoke about that the other night. Uh, loan sign-ins, he he hasn't dismissed them out of hand. Whilst he did to start with, and said we didn't have the mentality to bring loan sign-ins into the into the squad. Um. I I would say, um, I would say he possibly brings some in, but when you talk about well, he's tried to chew on people in it right wing back. He signed one that he subsequently didn't play, and when he did play him, he got injured. Mm. Uh, the lad from Forest Green, Wilson, and he signed two more. He signed George Tanner, and he signed um, Sykes, who is really a right-sided midfield player. So he'd play wide right in a 4-5-1 or a 4-4-2. He's not really a wing-back. No, that's what somebody was saying in the text earlier. He's more of an attacking player than uh, George Tanner. Uh, I think Tanner, as a full-back, is probably a a better, marginally better defender than Sykes. Um, But Nigel Pearson signed them all. Now, when you sign a player, you know, we're not in a position at the moment where uh, we can sign ones for the future. We've got some promising lads at the academy already. We need some that are, you know, ones for now, because otherwise it's going to be hard enough doing this reset if we're in the championship. If if we're trying to do it in League One, then forget oh, about it. Forget it. We're in uh, real trouble. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Um, Mark, any thoughts on, uh, you know, do, do you have confidence in, in Nigel to do the right, business in january well it's all it's about where the interest is going to be in our players i don't expect it to be in alex scott or semenyo because um uh, selling clubs will ask for silly money in scott's case and i don't think anybody will come in come in for semenyo 
Um, so it's whether Martin goes out permanently. I think uh, Dan Bentley will probably go out on loan if we can get him out. So they've got players have got to leave to free up to free up cash. That's the only way we can we can do it. And you know the club haven't got any money to spend. Loans cost money. Loan fees cost money uh, from from clubs. Uh, and then you've got to pay a, a order all or some of their wages. So they're not they're not simple either. Mm-hmm. Um, but we need players who can go right into the team and, and make a difference, even if it is for just the, you know the twenty the twenty games or the eighteen games. Mm-hmm. So it won't it might not happen straight away. There's got to be players traded out first. So it'll be interesting. But I just I'm I'm not expecting much. I think we've no, got to set our no, expectations not, low, very low. Set them and low. Just hope. And anything that happens is a bit of a bonus. I mean, Tomo yeah. said on here, who would recall Towler? You know, would we? He's ahead of Idahan, Taylor Moore, and Joe Lowe. I mean, you know, we seem to. And then uh, I think Ian's responded to this as well. Zach Bell, he's a good right wing back, a youngster. You know, and you've got that Aurora, is it the 18 year old central defender, Ian? Is that right? Raphael. He's, uh, yeah, Raphael. he's another left. He's another left sider. And Zach Bell, my comment on him, as I've seen him play, I think he's a good right wing back. He's quite small, but he can actually throw the ball a mile. I mean, yeah. he can throw it from one touch line to to the far post like a like a rocket. So yeah. that gives you. I mean, it, obviously, you need taller players in in the box who can head the ball in. It's no not really a, a great tactic with Tommy Conway and Naki Wells in there, and Antoine's heading isn't the best. Oh, so, God, no. Did you see that effort of his? I meant to talk about that early on when uh, Tanner set Wyman up. This is very, very early in the game. And the ball came in and he just launched himself like a, a beach word. It's not his strong point, is it? I think it was it was over his head. I don't think he would have yeah. got it. It was just it was just unfortunate. It had too it didn't much look pace. Good. It, didn't, it didn't have a no, good look. No. But I think it's interesting we talk about, you know, younger players because how many of those players are going to be playing uh, against Swansea? And it's actually on the Sunday, uh, the 8th at 12.30. You know, the, the FA are spreading love, aren't they, uh, from Friday to Monday, probably, yeah. with all these fixtures. So I, I suspect we might see... Dylan Kadji hasn't been in... Uh, he wasn't on the bench He's not today, done enough, though, Mark, in, in my opinion. Dylan. But no, but I mean, this gives Nigel a chance to play to to, to see to see what you know some of the young players are like. It, it didn't work against Lincoln, but when when else is he going to get them get the seed and yeah. competitively? Yeah. Uh, I think they'll go into the game like that. It's a game we want to win because you you know you get a big draw in the in the fourth round. Yeah. But he'll well, also and that's say, the I don't want to risk some he players. may not he may not take any risks with the uh, team. Uh, Ian Matt seventy eight has said on here. I think Williams might be the surprise player to move on. He didn't seem particularly a couple of shots of him in the dugout. He was sat there. He seemed to be warm in his hands and uh, sort of in the lower part of his tracksuit, his hands were the two occasions that I saw him there. But he wouldn't be a great loss, Joe Williams, if he moved on, really, would he? Well, none of our midfield players were would. would well, Scott? Well, yeah, if he, if he moved on for, you know, there's, there's rumours going around. Wolves are the late, latest side circulating, but yeah. But the kind of the number kind of numbers that Leicester were talked about back in the summer, but and Palace and with Semenyo mainly, but you know the numbers that are being talked about all begin with a one, don't they? Like ten million. So, and and you don't know if that's going to be ten million plus add-ons or ten million in total. Um, So, you know, I I wouldn't if, if someone came in. And offered us ten million plus add-ons for Alex Scott. I'd say, yeah, ta-da, mate! All the best. Thank no, you. I, I would. And somebody might also offer us money <laughs> and loan him back to us. Yeah, which wouldn't really. But would achieve... you? I'm not being horrible, but would you necessarily want the money and have him back? Well, on current form, the answer would be no. Would you? You'd agree with that as well. Well, well, his best yeah. games for us. Let's be honest. His biggest goal contributions and the rest of it have come from right wing back. Not yeah. as a central midfield player, which I yeah. think, incidentally, is his best position. But yeah. he's got to start proving it. And, and he's, like I say, giving the, start giving the ball away towards the end of that. I'd have, I'd have actually hooked him and put Joe Williams on just as a safer pair of hands. Yeah, no, you're right. 
absolutely right okay just to wrap up we didn't really we had a few technical problems the other day and we talked we were going to talk about the new uh chief exec and uh and as i say i edited that piece out purely because uh, i lost the connection on my end but uh, phil alexander's come on uh, come on board on the first of feb uh it comes with 26 years at Crystal Palace. I've spoken to a few people that I know that are Palace fans. Nobody's got a bad word to say about him. Um, I did ask, I put it on the Palace forum and there was only one response. And again, it was positive, but I said, what is he? Does he get involved in the playing side? And he strikes me as being more of a commercial businessman type. Yeah. Um, And, you know, we all know what it's like trying to sell a service that you don't really want when you're in Bristol. So good luck to him on that score. But he's also been through two club sales. Uh, You first, uh, uh, Ian. Um, On paper, Phil Alexander looks a good appointment, doesn't he? Yeah, but he's not he's not the character that is an Ashton that was a megalomaniac in all aspects of club activity. That seems to be the case. At the moment, I, I, I don't know. Um, uh, I, I, you know, I mean, I, I can only go by what I've read on social media, uh, and and what's come from Palace fans that, and, and no one said don't touch him with a barge pole, which is what we were. Let's be honest, which Watford fans did tell us about Mark Ashton. Yeah, and um, Wickham. Yeah. Oh. So, and curiously, this guy's been at, at Wickham as a, an advisor or consultant of some kind as well. So, but I don't think you can be that long in football without making uh, a few friends and having some decent contacts. So he, he might be able to, to get us through a few doors. The, the thing is that he won't be starting his role officially until the 1st of Feb when Richard Gould goes. Yeah. So you don't know how much or how little he'll be involved in this uh, January transfer window. So I would say he my, wouldn't be involved at all, really. Well, because- my, contention with 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 everybody that, that comes in whether it's a player or a coach or is let's wait and see let's see what he does here i'm not his track record the two sales you talk about were actually two administrations which aren't the same thing no um so i hope those skills uh don't have to come into play here and hopefully with the lansdowne family support they won't no. um but we'll just have to see what it brings. I mean, it, it, a major sell could change change things absolutely dramatically in terms of which players we can bring in. But yeah. of, if, if you say seven players out of about, say, 10 or, or 11 that, are, that haven't left yet and are still out of contract, if seven of those players accept those new contracts, it's not going to be that big a reset. It no, will probably um, be business really, as usual in the yeah, summer. And- do we really want, uh, and this is the thing, do we really want Dan Bentley to stay when Max is, you know, is that money better spent in another uh, department of the field? I mean, it's interesting, Ian, you quite rightly correct me on uh, that it's, it's two administrations and the comment is on the Palace Forum, holmdale.net, uh, back towards the bottom of page one on there now, but the Palace fan that did respond, he put he was known as Teflon Phil because through those two administrations, he was the one common denominator that uh, uh, that, that had stayed there. And I bet he could write a book because Palace over the last 20 years has been a very interesting place from sort of coupled to, to Neil Warnock and Roy Hodgson and now Patrick Vieira. And, you know, he was Premier League Chief Executive of the Year last year, which is uh, quite a good accolade, I would uh, suggest um mark your your thoughts on the new chief exec you know he's 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 shows you can still get good jobs when you're 60 uh but it looks a good signing on paper doesn't it yeah that gives us hope that gives us all hope doesn't it um yeah i mean it's a really safe pair of hands he sounds like he's been a bit of top as an administrator very well thought up by his fellow ceos if, if he's if he's won that award and I mean, he was on the FA Council as well, representing the, the Premier League. So it sounds like he is a good networker, and and a safe pair of hands for for uh, for Richard Gould to hand over. 
yeah. and take that next step forward, hopefully. But of course, <laughs> whoever you've got, you know, your administrator or or, or uh, management team, it'll, what it comes down to is results on the pitch is what we want to see. However good the stadium you're in, your community trust, all the lovely work you do around the community and your, and everything else, uh, it's all determined by points, you know, and results. So that that's what we want to see. That's got to change. Yeah. Ian, just to finish with you on this one, there's an interesting article on the forum, which is, well, not, there's an article posted on the forum. There's an interview with the uh, new Bournemouth uh, owner. And I think the thread on the forum is along the lines of, you know, he's doing a new stadium for them, doing this, doing that, and doing the other. All things that Lansdowne has done, Steve Lansdowne has done over a long period of time. But if the club is for sale, right? You know what? It's either it's either all of it or none of it. Because if I'm an investor, I don't want to pump fifty million quid or a hundred million quid into Bristol City unless I can call all the shots. You know, and and that is the big conundrum because the club is up for sale unofficially, maybe officially, but you know, it's it's got to be all of it or. Can you break out the football club, Ian? We've talked about this on the pod before, but just to finish, what 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 do you think? You know, do you think the Lansdowns will still be in charge in a year's time? Uh, to answer that question, your last question first, yes, I do. Um, unless we get in the Premier League, so yes, I do. Um, Bournemouth, they were interested in buying Bournemouth because it's in the Premier League and it's got an income stream of about with season ticket sales, other commercial and the TV money, it's got an income stream of about 125, 130 million a season, even though it only gets sub 10,000 crowds. So that was why they were looked at. Now, sometimes um, some of the people that have bought from abroad, um, some have been very good. Uh, If you look at at what, uh, the Kuwaitis have done it at Manchester City. You couldn't criticise that. And they've done a lot for the community as well in terms of building houses and regeneration of East Manchester. Hmm. Um, but sometimes they get it horribly wrong, like the Venkis who bought Blackburn, uh, Blackburn and didn't realise that you could get relegated. Um, yeah. So their long-term numbers uh, were shot to pieces uh, be, because they... They didn't realise it. Now, we're not in that position. I don't think you buying the lot may appeal more to an American investor because they they love the franchise model where there's different bits of it. And um, but what they may not realise, I mean, what you can't do is I suppose you could really, but it's not going to happen is take Bristol City out of Bristol and say, right, I'm, I'm moving it to, I don't know, Birmingham. Or something like that. That yeah. sort of thing you can do in in the states, and it has happened a lot um, because it's a franchise. You buy you buy the franchise, mm. and you you move the football club. Can you break Bristol City out of Bristol Sport? Yeah, dead easy. Companies do divest uh, assets all the time. Um, so you would then think, well, if I want to buy it, then I want a controlling interest in the stadium, and I want the um, training ground stroke HPC uh, and I want that so those two assets alone would probably cost you in today's market about 125 million the mm. HPC and Ashton Gate if you bought them outright if you bought them as assets as opposed to yeah. they were part of you had them under license or something like that which is almost yeah, I mean, if you're going to buy stuff that you see you mentioned palace and one of the reasons they had a guy called i think his name was mark goldberg and he was into insurance or something like that yeah. and he bought palace he and he, he brought terry venables in to be the manager and it, and it just went paid venables his contract up front the lot um and Venables brought Terry Fenwick in and people like that. And anyway, it went completely pear-shaped and you finish up um, going bust. Now, I think anybody, and it happened also with Brentford, Ron Nodes was involved both times oh, in terms of yeah. owning, owning the club, owning the ground and selling the club. So basically somebody yeah. bought the football club. Now that is, at the best of times, that's one hell of a gamble. So you say, right, the football club, uh, well, that's losing a fortune. Um, we need to reduce the wage bill from the last set of accounts by about 
somewhere between 10 and 12 million. Mm. We've got a chance of going down this year and that will take an additional 12 million uh, ish, probably more from our revenue stream. So that's TV money, solidarity payment and commercial tickets, you name it. Yeah. So at the moment, I would have thought it would be an incredibly unattractive purchase other than, um, you know, if someone gave a massive City fan like yourself a billion quid tomorrow because you're such a great bloke um, and and they or they bought your company for a billion and you thought, well, go on, I'll have a punt. But you need very, very deep pockets to – you only need to talk to Steve Lansdowne about that. He's punting. Well, Tom, Tom has said on here, so, Lansdowne wants investors. I don't think he wants 100% sell-off. Well, then, you know, he's still going to be the Yeah, man. but that's even – who's going to do that? Like you said earlier on, yeah, you want control, do. don't you? It's, you don't want to stick do. 50 million, in, 30 million into something, 20 million, 10 million even, and have no say. I mean, what's the, what's the point? I think if you've got 10 million to put in, that's neither here nor there because that's how the board was constructed years and years ago of people that, you know, just put in about 10 million. I think if you're putting anything between 50 and 100 million, you know, you well, you want to say. But if Lansdowne's ownership of it is valued more than 100 million, he's always going to have the final say. Yeah. So anyway, well, we can got, talk about that. It's, it's about, about the assets, Dave. You've got... You've got Look at the assets separately. Now, somebody said to me, well, okay, if the grounds were 60 million, 70 million, let's say, what can you do with it if it's not a football ground? Now, you've got, you mentioned Mike Ashley. Now, he's his Fraser group did serve, I believe, an eviction notice to Coventry, and it's now been sorted out. But they're going to turn part of that stadium into a massive distribution centre for House of Fraser. Yeah. So... Um, you've so that's a purpose for the ground. Besides, because at one time it had a, I've been in there, it had a casino and all kinds of stuff there. So Coventry will, the, the, under their new owner, will continue to be tenants, and they might think, well, we need to rent the ground, providing they can get a really good deal to rent the ground. It shouldn't really harm them, but in terms of the value of the club and revenue obviously just depends what the rent is, doesn't it? And I wouldn't want to be buying Bristol City and then paying rent in perpetuity to the Lansdowne family with great respect to them. Well, stranger things have happened. We could talk about we could talk about this uh, all day. And whilst I consider you know more about the finances than I do, then you know it's better to have a discussion with the. Uh, yourself and uh, two or three others with me trying to uh, keep you all apart on there. But uh, there we go. All right, Mark, um, thank you for uh, coming on today and sitting listening patiently there while we were going off on uh, finances. Any New Year's resolutions for you at all? No? Yeah, City start city start winning again. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, to be a, be a lot happier. I'd like to see, you know, I'd like to see the confidence and the goals from the, from the start of the season we were playing a sort of an open game, but we, you know, we could play the we, we would play the ball well at our defence, and like I said, we scored sixteen goals in those opening eight games. It's it's a world away from where we are now. No, what true. we do seem what we do seem to have found is is a, a decent as a team in the last couple of games is is a good is a good unit, but they need to start scoring those goals again. That's that's the, that's the problem. Turn draws into wins and nets uh, pull away from the bottom of yeah. the table. Um, and you know we need to be in this division. Uh, we to, do. To no, that's it. That's the prime objective. Well, we have to do that. Stay in the championship. And the two performances that we've just had are what you would expect away performances from a Nigel Pearson side. You know, which is getting a point. Well, it's four. It's four. Um, it's four unbeaten. I mean, uh, if, if yeah. weird symmetry. I think the last, the last away loss was uh, to Reading, I think, on the 22nd of October. But the last home win was two weeks earlier against Preston. Oh, ridiculous. Okay, Ian, um, any final, uh, finally with you, New Year resolution for 2023 or hopes? Um, Same as Mark, to be honest. I hope we can win games and I I hope um, we can stay in this division. There's nothing I can do, um, personally, to to keep us in the division, I, I don't I don't think we haven't got. Although mathematically you can make a case, I don't think we've got a hope in hell's chance of getting in the playoffs. 
Um, so stay in this division, do the reset that needs to be done uh, in the summer. Uh, I think, I, I don't know whether you could say, I mean, somebody said here, I, I'm still 60-40, Pearson stays. I, I think he will stay. Uh, I think the bigger question, Tomo, is whether um, he should. And I'm still, it's not a question of jury's out. I think more people are now on the, no, let him go before it's too late. Yeah. But I, I, I don't think, um, I don't think Steve will do it. Simple nope. as that. Well, I don't think, just to finish, I don't think he's going to be going anywhere uh, in January. And let's hope with the next three games at home, we're looking forward to uh, being in the fourth round of the Cup, beating Birmingham City, a bit of a bogey side for us. And as I said uh, earlier on, uh, you just know it, that Blackburn, their first draw of the season, come, uh, against us. But there you go. Everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Ian. Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah, happy New Year, everybody. Thanks, Dave. Bye. Cheers, Sobbing when he stops throbbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh, and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When red red robins are bob bob bobbing along. When the red red robin comes bob bob bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead, get up. Get up, get out of bed, cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red, live, love, laugh and be happy, what if I've been blue, now I'm walking through fields of flowers, rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours, I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song, when the red, red robin starts ba-ba-bobbing along. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you still the last nugget snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.